Our scripture reading this morning is the 128th Psalm, 29th, 129th Psalm. If you'd like to read along with me in scripture, Psalms number 129, and this is the word of the Lord. Psalms 129, beginning at verse 1, we read, Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. May Israel now say, Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed, the plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Let them all be confounded and turned back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetops, which wherewith the it groweth up, wherewith the mower filleth not his hand, nor he that by the sheaves, by the sheaves his bosom. Neither do they which go by the by say the blessings of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. I am thine, O Lord, page 358. And Kathy picked out that song. She had no idea what I was going to preach on. I didn't have any idea what I was going to preach on. But you know who did? Our Lord. He did. He always does. If he's not the one leading it, sit down and shut up, John. <clears throat> Draw me near. Draw me near. I need that every moment, don't you? I need that every moment. I've titled it, my message this morning, The One Thing Needful. <laughs> Would you turn to Luke chapter 10? Luke chapter 10. Now I know when I got up this morning, first thing I needed when I got out of bed, when I'm old, I need to go to the bathroom. That's just what happens when you get older. Then I needed, I needed coffee. That's just what happens when you get older. You got to have something to get those blood vessels moving a little bit. Get the eyes propped open a little bit. We sure think we need a lot, don't we? You know, I need a new car. Well, actually, I don't think I need a new car. My cars are just fine. Some may think, though, I need a new car. Some may think they need a new car. Oh, I, you know, I could, I, I really need, I really need, I really need a lot of things that I could apply things to of this world. I could, I could use a, a, a maid. I could use a butler. You know, you know what I mean? There's all kinds of things that we could say we need. I need this. I need a new toothbrush. I need to go shopping. I need more vegetables in my life. I need more whatever. 
A lot of things we can say we need a lot of, don't we? I can tell you one thing you have to have. One thing that we have to have in this world is we got to eat food, don't we? Some of us have more than we actually need. We got to have water too, don't we? Got to have water. Got to have food. Got to have water. If you don't have those two things, you just you just can't go without them. You got to have them. Now here in Luke chapter ten. Our Lord gives you and I a scenario in which He uses to show us what is most needful of all. Are you with me in the book of Luke chapter 10? I want to begin reading at verse 38. Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 38, we read these words, Now it came to pass, as they went, that He... Our Lord entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. I like it when it says it came to pass. That gives us the implication that this had to be. It came to pass. It, was, it came to pass because God, the creator of everything that is, he who is sovereign over everything purposed it to come, come to pass it came to pass because it was his purpose and he, he came to a certain woman's house and she received him into her house and she had a sister called Mary verse 39 which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word so we have a picture now of these two ladies, uh, sisters, two sisters who are in this home. Martha has the home and her sister's there and they've invited him in to entertain him. I, I love to entertain. I don't know. I'm just, Kathy and I, we love to have people over and have dinner, cook stuff. When, whenever, you know, whenever we're having a family gathering, she, she, She's kind of flustered with it and going about this and going about that. But after everything's all done, she sits back and, oh, that was great. Had a great meal. Everybody was happy. Everybody was full. Entertained. Well, that's what's going on here. These two ladies, they, these, these two sisters, they've invited her into Martha's house. But Martha, it says in verse 40, was cumbered. She was burdened about much serving. She's running around doing all the work. Nobody's helping her. She was cumbered about much serving. And she, and she came to him, came to our Lord and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? We've invited you into her house and here she is just sitting there. Don't you care about that? Doesn't that bother you? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Tell her that I need help. Tell her that I'm too busy here. There's too much for me to do. Tell me, tell her that I have no rest and I need rest. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Now listen to these words, folks. Martha, Martha, 
I can imagine the Lord saying, almost in that temple. The words are capitalized, as though the Lord is putting emphasis into it. Martha, oh, my dear sister, my dear daughter Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. There's so much going on, you're so troubled with that, that you're missing something. You're so troubled with the work that has to be done, you're missing the blessing. You're so troubled about many things, then verse 42, but one thing is needful. One thing. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. What is the one thing needful for you? Do I need it too? Let's turn over to Mark chapter 2. Folks, if you have not eaten for a time, your body begins to remind you, does it not? I can't go for a couple of hours without thinking, oh, i got to get up and have a snack. Just a little something to munch on until the next dinner, till the next meal. If you go without water, does not the same thing happen? Does not your body remind you, I need water. I need something liquid. Well, I'm going to ask you this question next. Does your soul hunger? Do you have a hunger in your soul? Does your soul cry out that I need something? I have a need. I've heard many who have attended this very church in this building who have left this church saying, I need more. You don't have enough. Uh -huh. Does your soul hunger? Does it thirst? Has your soul been brought to a point where it has a need? Many there are who have come to that point and go about searching on how to satisfy that need. The woman at the well, do you remember the story of that? She came to the well. Why? She came because she needed water. She was thirsty. We have to have water to continue to live in this body. This body of death without water will die. She came to the well searching for something to fill her need and she had no idea that the man standing before her was all that she needed. He's the well of the living water. The Lord Jesus Christ who must go, must needs go through Samaria. Why? There was one of his people there. One of his children needed to be called from darkness. You may not know this. I do now. I did not know it at the time. But when I came to this church, I must needs come to this church. Why? Because my Lord must needs speak to my heart that day. That was the day that he determined I would hear his word for the first time. The first time you heard the word of God was determined before the world ever began. 
He looked down through time. He said, this is the day right here. And Oh, and here's another. Here's one of my children. Here, this is the day for this one right here. I'm going to shine my light in their heart. They're going to hear the Word of God for the first time. These two children may be listening and hearing the Word of God for the very first time today. Now, bless your heart. That's how the Lord works. Does it through the preaching of His words? It's some go about looking. They go to the point and they go about searching how to satisfy that need, the need of the soul, and it's called religion. It's called works. Something I can do to fill this need. For some, it may be a day of worship. Well, if you don't worship on Saturday, if you're worshiping any other day other than Saturday, you're not worshiping right. You've got to come worship on Saturday. Others, it might be getting submerged in water or sprinkled as it is. If you don't do that, if you don't come to the table, that's how they fill their need. Or at least they think they're filling their need. Others even still making a conscious decision to change their way of life. In our text in Luke, Mary would be an example of that, would she not? Busy, 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 going about doing the things, getting all the stuff ready. This is what I got to do. The Lord is showing us two contrasts in that verse, in those verses. Here's the one who's working. What's the other one doing? Sitting at the feet of Jesus in complete rest. There was a man who lived among the tombs. We've all heard this story, right? Maybe the children here have not. There was a man who lived in the tombs down at the cemetery. He was crazy as a crazy as a bat. Nobody could handle him. Nobody could control him. He'd even run around naked. Oh man, could you just put some clothes on? They would wrap him with chains and hold him down, but he was so crazy and so strong that he could break those chains. Oh, we just don't even go down there anymore. We don't even want to be around that guy. When God spoke to his heart like he did to you and I, where did we find him at the end of that story? <laughs> at the feet of Jesus. Amen. Each and every one of us, isn't that where we're at right now? Are we not here this very moment at the feet of our Savior to worship him? Lord, we know you're God. You've shined your light in our hearts. Speak to us, Father. Speak peace to our hearts. That's like last week. Last week, the message for last week was my, my, my position is to speak peaceably to God's children. Tell them their war for, warfare is finished. Poor Martha. I said Mary was an example of that, didn't I? I meant to say Martha. Poor Martha. She was busy, busy, busy. What must I do next? 
Perhaps the refreshments. Maybe I need to set those a certain way for everybody. Maybe I need to get them all out here. Maybe I need to set the table, serve the guests, pick up the leftovers, then clean the table. Oh, there's so much to do. Listen to these words of Job 30, verse 17. My bones are pierced in me in the night, and my sinews, my skin, take no rest. Lamentations, we read these words, chapter 5, verse 5. Our necks are under persecution. We labor and have no rest. Sin, we read, we, uh, sin we just sang about, had left a crimson stain. Stain, a stain that cannot be washed away by sinful hands. So our Lord says to you and I, He says to those, and by the way, I'm going to repeat this. This is something you folks on Friday night have heard me say already. This book, what we have here, what God has given us in His Word, is a book to you and I. It's not to the world. If it was a book to them, they would hear God's Word. Matthew 11, 28, we read these words, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, he says to you and I, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look with me, if you would, at Mark chapter, did I say chapter 2 or chapter 3? What did I do here? I think I thought I said 2, didn't I? Mark chapter 2. Then I wrote down Mark chapter 3 on my second note there. Let me make sure I'm in the right one. Mark chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. And it came to pass that Jesus sat at meat in his house. Mark chapter 2, verse 15. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans... Ah, that's the name of that person that I was telling you about in Bible study. Remember, I couldn't remember that one. I know Cheryl was screaming at her, the publican, John, the publican. <laughs> You're going to forget stuff when you get to be my age, folks. I'm telling you, when you catch up with me. Many publicans, for those of you who weren't here for Bible study, I'm sorry, but that was quite funny to the rest of us that had been here. <laughs> and it came to pass that Jesus sat at me in his house. Many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. And there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees, here's the religious of the religious, those who thought they were fulfilling the law by their own deeds, by what they wore, by what they said, they saw him, they saw the Lord eating with publicans and sinners, and they said unto his disciple, How is it? If he's the Messiah, if he's the king of all kings, if he's the majesty of all majesty, what's he doing sitting over here with a bunch of publicans, a bunch of sinners, a bunch of riffraff?
eating and drinking with publicans and sinners. And when verse 17, and when Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need. If you're trusting in your own righteousness to get you into heaven, you have no need, do you? Those of you who were religious at one time, those of you who followed the religions of this world, the religions of works, tell me I'm wrong. Was there not a time when you thought, when you thought you were earning your way into heaven and doing a pretty good job of it? I love the, I love the story of our brother Mike Loveless, and I'm, I'm going to leave that for you to tell. He's told me several times, and I love to hear it every time. He thought he was on his way to heaven in a gold Cadillac. He won't say it that way, but he says other words to, to the same description. Just riding high, doing it right. And the Lord began to speak to his heart and said, whoa, wait a minute. All you're doing is just stuff. It's not good enough. Till the Lord convicted him and shined the light in his heart that he had a need. Am I not speaking to your hearts right this moment? Do you have a need? Are you needful of something today? Oh, how I pray to the Lord that you are. I know it is with me. I get out of bed in the morning. I need him every second of every day. I'm going to sin all the way to that bathroom. Just in thoughts and deeds. They that are whole have no need of the physician. Notice it didn't say a. If it had said a physician, then that could have been anybody, huh? That could have been whatever doctors they might have at that time, whether they be a, a snake doctor or uh, whatever. Whatever kind of doctors they had, no, it's just the physician. The. There's only one. There's only one who can heal the soul of dead men. There's only one who can give eyes to the sight of a dead person. There's only one who can give a, a heart to one that doesn't pump. There's only one who can give ears. There's only one who can heal, and that is the physician. They have no need of him. But they that are sick. <laughs> there it is, right there. See, there's hope. We have hope, folks. I know what I am. I know that I'm covered with sin from the head of my head to the bottom of my feet. I know that I can lie. I try not to. You know, if you tell, if you deceive yourself about something, oh, I'm not such a bad person after all. That's deceiving yourself. That's a lie. And that one lie is guilty of death. We saw this in our Bible study. If you don't keep everything of the law, you're guilty of death. But God. <laughs> but God. Don't you like that? 
But they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. There's only one way to wash away that stain, that guilty stain that stains in everything about us, our soul, our flesh, everything. And I can tell you, it's not your works. It's not something that you can do. It's not by walking down to the front of the church and receiving a prayer. It's not by making a decision. It's not by the will of man, but of God who showeth mercy. In Matthew 7, 7 verse 13, we read these words, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. And then the next verse says this, But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Have you ever been blindfolded? Come on. Everybody's had somebody blindfold them, right? I mean, you, even with kids, you know, you put the tail on the donkey game, you know, or, or spinning them around in circles, getting them all dizzy, and you know, you, you get it, you get the blindfold just now. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about cheating like I did. I can see a little bit underneath there. No, I'm talking about good blindfolds that cover the eyes so much you can't see anything. And and then they see, and then they try to look for something. You walk around with your hands out, feeling for things. Well, folks, a dead soul can't even hold their hands out. We're so blind, we can't even see the darkness that we were in unless it be revealed to us by the light. You turn the light on in a room and you see everything that's there. Christ, when He shines His light in our hearts, we see the darkness we once walked in. We see our need. We think there's a little bit of sin and it's easy to clean up. All we got to do is change our ways, turn our life around, work, 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 work. Folks, that's not good enough. We must be perfect. Our God, the God of Holy Scriptures, the God of all creation, requires holiness. It says in 1 Peter 1, verse 15, But as He which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That means all manner of your life. Everything about you. Everything must be holy and perfect. Oh, I can't do that. I want to. I want to make my mom and dad proud of me. I want to, I want to do the right thing. Because they love me, I love them. I want to do the right thing. I, I, I just fail. I, I, make, I fall into the trap of this flesh every day. Because it is written, Be ye holy. For I am holy. We must be as holy as our Lord. Job said this in chapter 13, verse 23. How many are mine iniquities and sins? Make me to know my transition, my transgression and my sin. Lord, make me to know it. Make me to know it. 
we talked about humbleness. What does it mean to be humble? It's not that little lady who sits in the corner. I'm humble. I'm a good person. I'm humbled over here. I don't speak loud. That is not humbleness. You would not be humbled unless God humbles you. God must show you what you are. Make me to know my transgressions. Make me to know that I am a worm before God, the Almighty Creator. Have you been brought to see the depth of your depravity, folks? Do you have a need of a physician? Do you ask, if I can't earn it, if I can't work it out for myself, then how can I be holy? There's a way. You can. There's a way you can be holy. <laughs> oh, there is definitely a way. And it says this in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me, unto the Father, but by me. That's the way. How can I be holy before a thrice holy God? Through Him, in Him, by Him, for Him. Salvation is of the Lord, is it not? Folks, this is not a one-time thing coming to Christ. It's not a one-time, oh, I'm good type of situation. I did it. There you go. Next Sunday, I'm getting on the Harley, going for a ride. I'm already done. I'm already saved. It's all over with. I'm good from here on out. That's not it at all. It's not a one-time thing. Coming to Christ and then going our own way is not the case. This flesh can do nothing but sin. We need our physician every moment of every day. Mary did not just sit down and then get back up. She was sitting is what it says. Sitting. Does that not imply that it was continual? Sitting? Sitting. Didn't say for how long. She was sitting. She was sitting continually. Where? Where was she sitting? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. And that's what was needful. We, uh, we tend to forget these things. And don't tell me you don't because we're going to come to the table to remember. Right? <laughs> we're coming to the table to remember because we forget things. And it doesn't take long to get out that door that we're going to go out here in a few moments and forget all that John just said and go about doing what we do in the flesh. It's just that way. It's needful. It's needful because that's where true rest is to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. His yoke is easy as we read. He has fulfilled the law perfectly, holy for all for whom the Father hath given Him. That's what we read in John 6.37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. This is my hope for these two young ones. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. This is the hope I have for my two children 
who are grown and have no need of Christ right now. They don't know it. And I'm praying the Lord will bring them to the fact knowing that they need the Lord Jesus just as He brought me to it. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. God humbled Himself and became flesh, born of a virgin, that He might lay down His perfect sinless life and pay the wages of sin for His chosen people. God will have mercy on whom He will have mercy. This is grace. This is what unmerited favor is. Vessels of mercy. Why, you might ask? It tells us very clearly in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, that in the ages to come, He, our Lord, might show the exceeding riches of His grace. That's what it is. That's what He's doing. Why would God allow me to go through this? That in the ages to come, he might show the wonderful riches of His grace to you. You see His grace? That's because it was His desire to show you. And His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Look with me over at Psalms 27. Psalms 27. In Psalms 27, we read these words. When the Lord of glory... Let me, let me say this before we read. When the Lord of glory comes to one of His sheep and His grace calls them from the darkness that we have all walked in, shining His glory and His light in the face of His Son, the Lord Jesus, we come to sit at His feet and rest in Him. Now look with you, if you would, beginning at verse 1, Psalms 27, beginning at verse 1, the Lord is my light. Now picture this. This could be saying by you and I. If we're sitting at the feet of Jesus right now, if He has brought us to understand our need of Him, this would be the words from you and I. The Lord is my light. Not some light that I can hold up of my own, but He is my light. And my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and behold the beauty of the Lord, and inquire in His temple. What are your needs this day? Turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. What are your needs this day? Oh, I'm not even close to it. Hope you got there before I did. There we go. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verse 11. Wherefore remember. My question again, what are your needs this day? Wherefore remember that ye, 
being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision, by the which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus ye, who are sometimes who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. Oh, the peace of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Oh, the peace that you and I have going through this valley of the shadow of death, sitting at the feet of Jesus. For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, the enmity of God, even the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you that were far off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. One last point, if I may, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. If God the Father has given a people to His Son, and He has, before the world was created, we read that in Ephesians 1. If God the Spirit has called His people unto the Son, and He has, and He is, as we read also in Ephesians 1. And if God the Son has paid the ransom price for His people, which He has, as we also read in Ephesians 1, if God the Father has accepted that ransom price and has raised His Son to sit at the glory, at the right hand of the, hand of the majesty on high, with all power and all glory, which He has, can anything separate us from Him? Absolutely not. Paul states over in Romans 8.38, For I am persuaded. He's persuaded. And then he goes through a full list, list and he says, Shall nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus the Lord. Why? Why was he persuaded? Was there something in him to trust in? No, no. Paul very clearly tells us that everything that he had in religion... Everything that he knew in religion was counted as dumb. I'll leave that up to you, Mom, to explain that to your children. It was counted as nothing but waste. Why was he persuaded? Philippians 3.3, we read these words. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. His confidence is right where Mary's was. It's right where ours is. It's confidence in the one for whom we sit at His feet. We sit there because we rest in Him. 
We rest in His works. We rest in His faithfulness. We rest in His power. That's my need. I need Him. I need rest in Him. I can do nothing of my own. If left to myself, I will fall. But God. But God. Amen? That's what we read in Ephesians 2. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. Are you with me in 1 Peter? 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect, chosen, called, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Oh, I hope you need peace. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. I want to close this morning's message with an article written by Brother Don Fortner. And it's a lengthy one, so it'll only take 30 minutes. He asks you this question. Think about this. Consider these, this question deeply. Does your religion give you rest? If there is one thing, Don writes in this world, that everyone wants, and very few have, it is rest. Real rest. Rest of the heart and soul before God. Fools imagine that money, property, position, power will give them rest. Many seek rest by giving vent to the pleasures of their vile lusts. Others try to obtain rest by morality, by the way, of, of they, the way they act. Or maybe works of charity or services, rituals, ceremonies of religion they may put it in. But all who seek rest in such places must, if they speak honestly, confess these words written in Isaiah 28, 20. The bed is too short. <laughs> I was reading these words from Isaiah I was like, Wow, being a tall guy, it works out real good for me. The bed is too short. It doesn't work. My feet hang off the backside of it. The bed is too short to stretch out on. And the cover is too narrow to wrap up in. If, our, if your religion does not give you rest, then your religion is false. Jeremiah 6, 16, we read these words, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths. The old paths are the mercy of God. The old ways are the ways of Jesus. 
Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said these words, We will not walk therein. We read in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, where our Lord says, Take my yoke upon you, for I am meek and lowly. Hebrews 4, 3, we read these words, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. If you make lies, your refuge. If you make lies, your refuge. You'll try to convince yourself that you have assurance and peace with God. But if when you lay in the dark at night, lonely, watching the night sky go by, when you contemplate, contemplate judgment and eternity, you have no rest. If that's the case, your soil, and your soil is in turmoil, the fear of death yet holds you in bondage, consider this, consider this, all who trust in the Lord, all who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ have entered into rest. That's what we just read a moment ago. Knowing that all things necessary for their salvation has been done for them. God has chosen them as objects of His grace and eternal election. Christ has paid their debt to the justice of God by His blood atonement. Righteousness has been imputed to them for justification and imparted to them in the regeneration, the rebirth. For such people, salvation is an absolute certainty. We have God's word for it. Why shouldn't we rest? Does your religion give you rest, Don Fortner? What is needful for you this day? Come to the feet of Jesus, and you shall find rest in him. Amen.